Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend yes yes yo from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show that's celebrating a round number. Yeah. My name is Greg Tupper. You guys know how I feel about round numbers. Mm-hmm. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. TexasFootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at TexasFootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's my mal pal. She's your mal pal. Yes. She's Mallory Hartley. Mal pal. I like it. I do. Wow. She said with a sigh. I like it. I could have called you like the queen of Hartleys or something like that, or I don't know. I like I like Malpal. The problem is that Pickle's got a regal nickname, and I don't know Uh if I want to bestow a regal nickname upon you quite yet. No, we can work on that. Okay, yeah, I don't. I I will earn that maybe Mm -hmm. eventually, but right now I agree with you for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Okay, I like it. Sticks. Good. I'm glad. Today is Thursday, July eighth. 2021 141 days till thanksgiving uh happy birthday to who'd you say his birthday is toby keith and jaden smith jaden smith yeah uh, that's the will smith kid right yeah he's been in a couple movies right he was in after earth which is horrifyingly bad um today this is episode believe it or not 1200 Mm -hmm. how about that we're 200 episodes we're we're one-fifth of the way to our uh 2000th episode so, uh, I, w- I hope I'll be there. <laughs> On today's show, my friends, it's kind of the battle of the nerd segments. Uh-huh. And so here's what I want you guys to do in the comments. I want you to let us know which of these nerd segments you like more. Uh, is it the first segment where Mallory is going to take us through and tell us which Texas FBS team is the most Texan? Mm-hmm. We'll explain what that means coming up in a moment. Or is it in the back half of the show, my nerd segment, in which I crunch some numbers about how the pandemic did or did not hurt Texas high school football offenses? Mm-hmm. We'll get into that and debate all of that stuff coming up here at the back half of the program. And you can let us know which nerd segment you like better. They're pretty, they're pretty nerdy. It's going to be hard to choose. Uh, but first, do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was... Andrew Christensen, Rob Hadaway, Daniel Agnew, and Ryan Smiga. 
Smega. You got it, Smega. Okay. Welcome in, fellas. What's up, nerds? What's up, nerds? All right, welcome in. Welcome in. Okay. Uh, so here's the God's honest truth of the matter. Mm-hmm. Last week, you we knew that Mallory was going to be producing the show this week. Yes. Pickles off gallivanting around Mexico. Mm-hmm. She told me she got a massage today. I'm jealous. Why is she texting you on vacation? <laughs> Put your phone away, friends. Pickle. <laughs> God. Anyway. So, Mallory comes up to me. She grabs me by the collar. She throws me up <laughs> against the wall. And she goes, listen, I want to do a segment on Thursday. And me, <laughs> cowering in fear, say, okay, 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 anything you want. Anything you want. <laughs> and so, here with her segment is Mallory Harley. Yes. So, yesterday. Okay, I'll kind of tell you how I kind of came up with this because it will also be pro- promoting something else. So, we started a TikTok. We created oh, a TikTok God, account. Oh, God. It started from yes. TikTok? No, listen. Okay. So, we had. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately regret giving you a segment. I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> Anyways. So I posted a TikTok. It was of Cade Klubnik at 7 on 7. It was a pretty good video. Uh, it got like 40,000 views on TikTok. Wow. Yeah. And one of the comments, uh, it blew up. People were commenting left and right about whatever. And one of the comments was, you know, no, oh, why doesn't he stay in Texas? You know, mm-hmm. why is he going to Clemson? And there was a bunch of discussion. And then I was kind of thinking like, oh, that would be interesting to kind of see how many Texas high school Texans, mm-hmm. ho- their hometown is Texas, somewhere in Texas, stay and go to college, an FBS college in Texas. Yeah, and it's an excellent point because we've brought up on the show before, and if you look in the 2021 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, mm-hmm. uh, you, can, you know that we do have, Texas does have the most signees of any state in the union. Right. Okay. This in in the class of 2021, uh, Texas uh, put out, uh, I believe, 319 mm-hmm. uh, FBS signees, uh, compared to 248 from Florida, et cetera, et cetera. Now, here's the thing: they are already like that. That is not just because of the, of, of the pandemic year. It's an odd year, obviously, of recruiting. Mm-hmm. But Texas has consistently put out the most products. Right. And so. I think it is worth worth noting which schools maybe do the best job of keeping them within the borders. Right. So do you mean to go ahead and put up the graphic? Yeah, go okay. ahead. So first what we're going to do, I made two graphics. The first one is the raw number mm-hmm. of Texas players on each FBS roster. So okay. this has nothing to do with percentage. This is just how many players are on each roster. Okay. And so this is what we got. Wow. Okay. My first graphic. Good job. (laughs) Okay. So, first of all, SMU's roster is swelling with Texans. Yes. I think part of it also, and this is just the raw numbers here, Mm -hmm. but part of it is that they have a massive roster at the moment. They've got a ton of guys because of transfers and things like that. 124. 124 on their roster. They will not be able to, they'll be redshirting a lot of guys, et cetera, et cetera, but they have a huge roster right now. Mm -hmm. Um, They're at one end. I think that it's very interesting that uh, that uh, on the other end too, with TCU and UTEP, mm-hmm. uh, with the fewest numbers. Now, they I think they also, or at least from TCU's perspective, they have a smaller roster. Right. Yes. And so uh, the raw numbers are interesting here. 
Uh, but I do want you to transition to your other one because because then you took them and you did it as a percentage of their entire roster, right? Yes, and this one I think is a little bit more telling than yeah. the raw number one. So Interesting. So why don't you take us through one. it? Yes. So really, I was kind of surprised by the outcome of this. I kind of thought that maybe a G5 school was going to be towards the top, which, mm-hmm. of course, the other one it was, but that was raw numbers. This one is percentage. And so at the very top, you can see Texas. 80% of their roster is Texan. That surprised me. I'll right. be honest. That yes. surprised me, me considering you, you hear about Texas – uh, recruiting, you know, hard out, you know, to, to major players outside of the, the state. You think of them as a national type right. recruiting brand, but I think it is worth. It is interesting to look at their roster and say, all right, the, the like more than any other roster, they have stayed closest. They have stayed close to home. They have stayed within the Texas borders. That's interesting right. to me. Which makes sense because, of course, they can recruit mm-hmm. players yeah. like that. They can keep players at home mm-hmm. very easily. Whereas UTEP down at the bottom may have a little bit more trouble keeping players closer at home. So they've got to look out west. Well, and I wonder if that's a, a situation in which in, in which uh, UTEP, you know, especially because they are so far flung out there in El right. Paso. We talk about this a lot. Um, in talking with folks out there in El Paso, they'll tell you that the toughest thing to get Texans to do, Texas kids to do, mm-hmm. is just go out to El Paso and, and re- right. remember that they are in Texas. They are, in many respects, a Texas team that doesn't get all the benefits of being in the state of Texas simply mm-hmm. because they are so far flung. So I would bet, and I know you didn't break this down, but I would bet that they had um, that they have a lot of New Mexico players, mm-hmm. uh, but they have a lot of California players, right. uh, Arizona, kind of the Southwest there. Uh, the one that the the other one that doesn't surprise me, I should say, is Rice. Mm-hmm. Fifty, they've got fifty eight percent. They come in third of the twelve FBS teams. That doesn't necessarily surprise me, mm-hmm. in the sense that because the academic standards are so high, they've just got to find guys who can qualify regardless of right. where they are. Where, regardless of where they are, right? Obviously, they would prefer to keep them in, in guys from the state of Texas. I think if you talk, we talked with Alex Brown, the uh, the recruiting coordinator, about mm-hmm. that. They would keep, prefer they come from the state of Texas, but because of these strict standards there, it is a little bit. Uh, it's not surprising that they're at fifty-eight percent. Right. Go ahead. I think I was just going to say too. I think another surprising aspect of this was that UTSA was kind of high mm. on the list. I mean, because of course they've got to compete with Texas mm-hmm. and A and M and stuff like that to grab their players. And well, and, keep and them here. well, and what's funny? So I always I'm old enough to remember when UTSA and Texas State became FBS programs the same year, mm-hmm. uh, which was in 2012. They, mm-hmm. they became F- they, they played their first FBS year. I think that may be a product simply of not having a national, I don't want to say brand, but a national footprint in the sense right. that that's got to grow. Now, I wonder with the success that UTSA has had, if that number may, now it's, it's, it's two competing factors. The success means that you have people from outside the state who want to come play for you. Right. But the success also is, you know, one of the reasons that they've been so successful is because they have done a good job recruiting in the state of Texas. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Trailer, their coach, is, of course, a true blue, you know, down to the down to the bone Texan who wants to recruit in Texas. So you've got two competing things there. Texas State, I think, is the same thing. Texas State moves up from FCS to the FBS level. Mm -hmm. I think that they maybe don't have, they haven't had that kind of success. And so they are reliant on more local guys. Right. You know? And so I don't know if this this is not necessarily a good, bad, or indifferent thing. It's just very interesting to see. You know, one thing you see in number four at SMU, 
And mm-hmm. I know that that has been one thing that Sonny Dykes has been very, very big on. And you think about his predecessor, Chad Morris, they have been very big on is recruiting local, not just in Texas, yes. but in the DFW area. And they've tried to make it the team of DFW, which I think is particularly interesting. Right. They had two top 150 players. Yeah commit within the last two days both from garland so right. you know you're talking local guys guys who who want to stay within the the, the dfw right and they're even so pulling straight. kids mm-hmm. you know from power five like jahari mm-hmm. rogers he's coming from florida and he pulled yeah. pulled him back from a power five right so yeah they're doing a great job with recruiting it's it's a it's a really interesting way to look at it and and and, and by the way you know this this obviously has trickle downs all the way to recruiting and things like that because yes. that's where your your guys come from but i will say that if i remember correctly um the teams that were let me see so SMU UTSA and Texas Tech um SMU and UTSA were the only FBS teams in the nation to sign their entire 2021 high school class from within their home state. Really? So Penn, okay. Penn State did not sign their whole class from within Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florida did not sign it with a, from within Florida. UTSA and SMU were the only teams to sign their class entirely within the state of Texas, the class gotcha. 2021. Okay. Texas Tech, nine of their ten came there. And by the way, UTEP, Baylor, and Houston, they were – uh, there were only 11 schools that signed 80% of mm-hmm. their class from the home state. UTEP, Baylor, and Houston were among those. So you're talking about six of the six of the top six of the 11 teams in the class of 2021 that signed 80% or more of their high school class from their home state right. are from Texas. Now, part of that I think is COVID, right? Yes. Part of it is that you, the travel budget you can't go fly to Maine to go see a kid or something right. like that, but. Uh, I think that that's particularly interesting, and I think that you, you, you see that kind of bearing out here in these these numbers as well. Right. And, of course, I kind of dug more into this because hashtag nerd. Good. And I kind of looked at – I kind of went by position group as well. Mm-hmm. So we put quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight ends, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs, and special teams. Yes. Do you want to guess – which position group in Texas has the most kids from Texas? Which position group? Yes, of the nine that I just named. I'm going to say, I know Texas puts out a ton of quarterbacks, but I'm going to say offensive line. That is incorrect. Mm. Offensive line is up there at 141. 140. The answer is defensive backs, which is Defensive backs. Yeah, a little yeah. surprising. At 160. Now, they're, yeah, and, and teams are going to carry more defensive backs than, than they will quarterbacks, for example. But that's particularly mm-hmm. interesting that, you know, Texas does put out a lot of defensive backs. And, in fact, if you look back at the 2021 class, let me make sure I get this right, um, 2021 class, um, Texas did put out um, more, um, more safeties than any other team or any okay. other state in the state of, uh, in in the union, they put out more safeties in the class twenty twenty, and that okay. has been a pretty consistent thing. Safeties, cornerbacks tend to come from Florida mm-hmm. and maybe California, um, but as far as the offense is almost entirely dominated by Texas, at least in the class twenty twenty one. But that's particularly interesting that that defensive backs, they're more Texan defensive backs at Texas FBS teams mm-hmm. uh, than than any other position. That is interesting. Yeah, and okay. special teams is last on the list. Which well, yeah, there's just not that many of them. Just, yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah, well, you know what it is? A lot of Australian punters. Yes, and it's funny because that you mentioned that because I was going, th- of course, I was going through all the rosters and I did see that it was Texas State's 
punter. There's a ton of Australian punters. Why? We had the we had the uh, the you should watch our show the we had the uh, the president of uh, or the the guy who runs Pro Kick Australia okay. on our show that they are long story short they put out by the way the Australia signed seventy five percent of all punters in the class twenty one twenty one seventy five percent in the entire nation that's insane they signed seventy five percent of them the reason is that it's just their the the Australian rules football uh, background they all grow up punting basically right because it's a punting game. And they have done, they've got a couple of schools down there. Pro Kick Australia, I think, is the biggest one that goes through and they develop all these guys. Michael Dixon, the former Texas punter who won the Ray Guy Award, um, he was from Australia, okay. right? They have all these Australian punters uh, that come through. Um, and yeah, there's, there's, there's a fair amount of them. There you go. That's so you learned something interesting. Today. I did. Yeah. You learn something new every day, right? There you go. But very interesting. Okay. Mallory, good segment. Thank you. Good I segment. worked very hard on it. It was I'm very good. You let us know what you think in the comments. That's very interesting about the about which teams because you know I think, I th- I think that it I, the Texas one legit does surprise me because uh-huh. I figured that they were going to be a little bit more national, but instead they've they've uh, kind yes. of sealed the borders a little. I bit I think more. if it, if you had to pick, that would be the most surprising. Surprising one. Yeah, that one. one. TCU's a little surprising too because uh, they're being, so low. Being, uh, they were eleventh out of twelve. They're a little bit surprising as far as percentage is concerned. Only, but I also think. That might be part of, not to get too far into the weeds, I think that them moving to the Big 12 back in 2012 mm-hmm. expanded their footprint, and they are taking advantage of it. Okay. That in a lot of ways, whenever they were in the WAC, they're in the Mountain West and things like that, they really did have to focus on Texas and go super local and super, right. you know. I think that now they have a bigger national footprint, and they're using that. Okay. So maybe, you know, who who knows? I don't, I, that's just that's a dumb theory here on my part but i think that that's that's a little bit interesting they were that low because i think you think of t- a tcu as being particularly local program yes. but yes. in any case very interesting mallory thank, thank you for you. doing that thank you we're texas football today we're here every weekday at noon on texasfootball.com talking football in the lone star state you can follow us on twitter at dctf like us on facebook facebook.com slash dave campbell's follow us on instagram instagram.com slash dave campbell's and of course see us at texasfootball.com texasfootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football college football and recruiting all across the lone star state hope you'll consider becoming a dave campbell's texas football insider texasfootball.com slash subscribe the magazine is starting to hit news newsstands rather across the state of texas so run to walmart brookshire's heb but I would prefer if you went to texasfootball.com slash subscribe and let us mail it to you. You also get a year's worth of exclusive online content, and you get the recruiting edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, which is around here somewhere. We cleaned up. I hate when we clean. You can Um, save gas if you sign up because we'll just send it to you. You know what? That's that's the good hook. Save the environment. Save the environment. Texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Yeah. That's very good. You're welcome. All right. That was your nerd segment. I got my nerd segment. Okay? So... I want you to matriculate back in your mind. Mm-hmm. Matriculate back to July. Okay? Ugh. Last July, I don't think I want to. a year ago, we were all rubbing our hands together, kind of mm-hmm. like gnashing our teeth, sweating, worrying if we were going to have a Texas high school football season. Right. The UIL comes out and says, here's the plan. We're going to delay 6A and 5A, 4A and below start on time, full season, etc. Okay? Mm-hmm. At that point, we all started thinking and wondering, well, what in the heck is Texas high school football going to look like in the middle of a pandemic? Because plain and simple, we've never done it, at least not to this scale. Right. Right. Yes, there was the uh, Spanish flu of 1918, which, again, we've discussed, was not Spain's fault. 
uh, but we have not uh, the 1918. But there were a handful of Texas high school ball teams. It was hardly centralized, and most of them only played a couple of games. Mm-hmm. Right? This was the first time we've ever tried to play a full scale Texas high school football season in the middle of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to go through and I wanted to crunch numbers. And I think one thing that we we maybe thought was, I wonder if offense is going to take a hit. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of reasons behind that, which we'll get into, but that was one theory that I had was, I wonder if you're going to see scoring tamped down a little bit, mm-hmm. um, in large part simply because you're not able to practice. Right. And especially with these new offenses that are so reliant on timing and, and muscle memory and things like that, not having those reps are going to, to help or going to hurt. So I crunched the numbers, and, and one thing before you put the graphic up, um, there's no way to know how many games got canceled uh, in 2020. The best estimate I have, I put this out on Twitter, is about 12%. We had 12% fewer UIL 11-man games in 2020 than we did in 2019. Okay. Okay? Generally speaking, if you look across the state, uh, you will have uh, teams play an average of about 11.1 to 11.0 games. That will vary a little bit based on how many times they play an out-of-state team, how many times they play a, um, how many times they play a, um, what do you, what do you call it, a private school team, yes. things like that. Generally speaking, it's going about between 11 and 11.1 games per team. Okay, this past year, that dropped to 9.7. Okay, 9.7. Mm-hmm. So in the end, it's about 12% fewer UIL 11 man. Texas high school football games, yes. which is kind of remarkable that we had an 88% normal season. You know, right. that's kind of, that's kind of remarkable. I mean, compared to like, I mean, we were worried that we're, states. We're, we were worried that it was going to be 0%. Right. You I know mean, what I mean? A bunch of states didn't even have. So Texas the fact that we were able to play 88% of, of the games that we did the year before, I think is rather interesting. Now, of course, it's not the full season, but I want to take a look at it. And, and if you look over the course of the last five years, the average, um, the average points per game scored by each team has been pretty steady, mm-hmm. right? About 28 points a game. Yes. 28.1, it'll dip down, dip down to like 28. In 2018, it dips down to 27.7, but then right back up to 28. And then you look at 2020. And a nosedive, yeah. okay, down to 27.1 points per game, okay? A full point per game. And you're thinking, Tepper, like, what's the big deal? That's mm-hmm. an extra point game. That's not a huge deal. But when you're talking about one fewer point per team. Right, all across Per the game. Yeah. Across what ended up being, let me make sure I can find this, it's over 10,000. UIL 11-man Texas high school football games, 10,528 to be exact. That's huge. That is A (laughs) one-point shift is a massive change. I know that doesn't seem like a lot, but I promise you that it is. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a few things, few reasons that I I think this is interesting. Mm -hmm. And a few things to unpack. One of them is... We do need to consider the idea that forfeits D1 
did hurt these. Now, I believe yeah. that this data has filtered out the forfeits, which go in the books technically, if you don't know. They go in the books as a one nothing victory. Mm -hmm. So if I forfeit, if Tepper High forfeits to Mallory High, Mallory High wins a game one nothing right. Because that's supposed to signify, hey, this game wasn't played, but you so got the win. That so this was filtered out. This was filtered okay. out. Okay, That was filtered out. Know. But even then, let's consider the fact that... If Tepper High forfeits to Mallory High mm -hmm. and we don't play, right? But Mallory High is way better than I am, right. okay? And Mallory High was going to absolutely clobber Texas or Tepper High mm -hmm. 75 to nothing, right? That's 75 points you weren't given an opportunity to score. Right. You know what I mean? That could be part of this number coming down. Yes. Could yes. be part of it. And I want to I want to make sure we're being intellectually honest about that 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 is a possibility. That that could have that the forfeits could have some sort of role in it. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there's a couple of things that that go into this. One of them is most teams across the state of Texas run the spread offense. Right. They run that is now the majority uh, of offensive scheme in the state of Texas. And I think that not having 7 on 7 not having an offseason, mm -hmm. not having practices, not getting those reps, I think really hurt. I think Absolutely. it really did. And I think that you're seeing that borne out in the numbers. I think that especially when you're talking about quarterbacks and wide receivers having that connection mm -hmm. and just understanding the offense, that takes time. Mm -hmm. And I think what this these numbers really indicate is – you cannot install an offense as effectively over Zoom. No. Do you know what I mean? Yes. That, I think, is the big takeaway here. Is Yes, there may be some part of it that is, is due to the fact that the games weren't played, that otherwise offenses weren't able to go out there and shine. But I think that plain and simple, having fewer reps, whether they're practice reps, whether they're in-game reps, mm -hmm. right? That going out there and getting those reps, those still count— in right. the middle of a game, in the middle of a 45 nothing blowout, those still count and those still matter. I think it's particularly interesting that you, that you saw that dip because teams were not able to practice as much. Right. Now, here's the question, and this will be, I think, the really interesting question. Does it bounce back? Right? And that, I think, is... Uh, I, I, I want to put it in the calendar, and I'm going to do this on July 8th. I hope it's not a Saturday. Uh, next year, and I'll do the same segment. And I'll take a look. Because if I were to guess this is me, I bet we're right back to 28. Yeah. I bet it's going to I bet it's going to be a one-year dip and I think it's going to bounce right back and we're going to see just the ability to play 7 on 7. Just the ability right. to we're, get back out there yeah. and be with your teammates and practice blocking schemes and and practice, you know, pit passing, practice running the ball. I mean, we're talking right. a lot about passing, but like practice running the ball, getting those reps in, installing an offense in person. I think that that is going to have – I think we're going to see a, a bounce back of right. these offensive numbers that, yeah, one year, it, I think that the pandemic noticeably dampened offense, but I also think that we are going to see it rebound in a big way in 2021. I'm not saying right. it's going to be you know the highest it's ever been, but I do think it's going to get back to what is the normal amount, which is about – 28 points, give or take a couple decimal mm -hmm. points. Well, you even saw it seven on seven too. These teams are finding their grooves; they're getting back into it. They looked good. Yeah, you know, they looked ready to be back on a football field in a normal environment. And yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think that it's going to 
probably think, go back up. I don't think there's any reason to like Texas high school football teams didn't get less talented. No. Do you know what I mean? Like right. they, like I think that you can draw straight lines between it and right. just say these teams were not able to practice as much. Excuse me. They weren't able to practice as much. Well, and also you have to factor in too that like when you got sick, you got to take time off, right? Sure. You got to take time. And you du- you dig deeper into that depth chart. How many teams were playing with backup quarterbacks because the starting quarterback was in quarantine, right? We don't we, yes. we don't know. We don't know and we'll never know. Right. Like, you know what I mean? We'll never know how much what that impact was. But I think the cumulative effect of all of those things Yes. Um ended up leading to a dip in Texas high school football offensive output. I would anticipate that in 2021 we will see it return to the normal rate of about 28 points per game. Yes. Um, you saw, if you go back through the numbers in, uh, over the course of Texas high school history, um, basically around 2003 it started creeping up, and then we've more or less plateaued at about 28 points per game. So I would anticipate that that is what um, that's that's where we're going to bounce back to. Let's hope so. I think so. <laughs> so there you go. There's my nerd segment. Let us know in the comments which one yes. you liked better, mine Please or Mallory. Do. Now, speaking of Mallory, let's go over to my Malpal and your Malpal, Mallory Hartley, for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Well, I don't know if you're going to hear this. Yeah. <laughs> but I will let you know whose segment was nerdier by the comments. Uh huh. And I, I think would you I, like to guess? Since we're kind of like on the guessing game. Do you know? I I know who they're going to pick. I know who they're going to pick. Do you know why? Because I know which one of them they're sick of. I know which one of them they've been it's listening to. I know which one they've been listening to for 1,200 episodes. You're the you're new. You're the flavor of the week. Oh, hey, everybody likes Mallory. She's new. They don't like me grinding out here on this Excel spreadsheet. I yeah, bet they so. loved your segment. They did. You're of right. course. I appreciate you guys in the comments. Ridiculous. I Yep, yeah. Someone said Mallory wins by a landslide. Thank you, Mr. Good. I appreciate that. Congratulations to Mallory. You big jerk. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Miss Mallory Hartley, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow for Mailback Friday, presented by our North Texas Honda dealers on Texas Football Today.